Do you know how much Jesus loves you? I don't know anybody other than the Father and the Holy Spirit who wants you to know and encounter Jesus, especially in his love for you, in his life, death, and resurrection, than his mother. So I want to ask for her prayers so we can enter into the word that is about to become flesh in this Mass. So you please join me in praying a Hail Mary, asking for her prayers as we all pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So again, it's a pleasure to to be here with you all. Uh, Yesterday, I gave the same exact homily, so if you were at yesterday's Mass, um, well, God bless you. Um, I didn't didn't pray too. But visiting uh, here are my... Two nephews, Abel and Silas, and then my sister-in-law, Amelia and Nathan. But um, Abel got a little bit sick. He's a little bit under the weather, so they're not here. But they were here yesterday. Uh, but yesterday morning, uh, my brother, Nathan, who's a, a little bit older than me, and my godson, Silas, uh, went into the church at St. Peter's, which is um, right like two blocks away from uh, UW Oshkosh's campus. And my brother was on his way to confession. So he went to go to confession. And while I was there, I sat in the church with Silas in my lap. And while my brother went to confession, Silas began to tell me about who Jesus is. The first thing my godson Silas, who's four years old, told me, he said, Jesus is God. I don't think I realized what that meant until I was like 22 Jesus is God. That might be, sound kind of funny to you, but like the incarnation, the fact that God became one of us, he sacrificed everything to, to show us his love, that is unlike any religion. You can't find that in Islam, you can't find that in, in Buddhism, Judaism, nothing. That is an incredible fact that God became one of us. Jesus is God. And I just told Silas, I said, if you can remember that forever, you will for sure be happy. And then I listened to Silas again. And he said these words that I wonder if any of us believe. And if you get anything out of my homily, this is the one thing. Silas and I were looking at the cross. And he just said, Jesus wants me so bad. Question. Not only do you know how much Jesus loves you, But do you know how badly Jesus wants you? But not like just right now, like when we're we're at Mass, when we're at worship, right? But how he's wanted you forever since the foundations of the world. You have always been the first choice of Jesus, the first choice of the Father. So this four-year-old, my godson, he knows the gospel. He knows the life-changing, extraordinary good news of the gospel that Jesus wants you so bad that he went all out to prove in any way possible that he loves you and he wants you. Today I'd just like us to look at the, the first part of the book of Ephesians that we had today. So when we come to Mass, usually the first reading is fulfilled in the gospel. 
And then all then the second reading is usually an epistle from Paul, and it continues on. So it'll continue on in the weeks to come. So St. Paul is writing to the community in Ephesus, and he writes with a heart burning with love because St. Paul, too, he knows in the depths of his bones, in the depths of his soul, in the core of his heart, that Jesus wants him so badly. And that was God's plan for all eternity. So we heard these words, these first words, as he's writing to the community in Ephesus. We hear these words. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. As he chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. So first of all, God wants to bless you. That means he wants to set you free. Curses bind us. They chain us. They keep us locked up from being free. And blessings set us free from every lie that tells that you, tell, you and I tell ourselves that God is not good. And I can't trust him. And he doesn't want me to be happy. A lot of us, that's the reason why we don't think that God wants us. Because we think that God is not good. Or we think that I can't trust him or he doesn't want me to be happy. Not only does, again, God want you, as we just heard from the foundation of the world, he wants you and I to be without blemish, which means to be without sin. That's God's plan for all eternity. God has wanted you to be free and holy and happy and in love with him. St. Paul goes on further and he says, in love... The Father destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ in accord with the favor of his will, his plan, for the praise of the glory of his grace that he granted us in the beloved. So God's original plan was that you and I would know without a doubt who we are in the eyes of the Father. Our culture is so simply screwed up when it comes to identity. We try to find our identity in what we do. But for a Christian, someone who professes to be a follower of Jesus, our identity is not found in what we do. Our identity is found in what he has done for us on the cross, what he has purchased for us on the cross. So you may know that your identity, your worth, is the blood of Jesus. And that makes you a child of God. We know often we pray the Our Father. We we pray the Our Father. And just for a moment for the women, for the girls, the ladies here. If God is your father, what does that make your identity? A daughter. A beloved daughter. And men, boys, gentlemen. If God is your father, what does that make you? A beloved son. And how did the the father claim your identity after the first sin of our parents, Adam and Eve? He claimed your identity by first of all becoming one of us and paying the cost for all your sins that make you feel like you're unworthy or God is not good or he doesn't want you to be happy on the cross. And you share in his baptism where you're washed clean from all of your sins. And that means... You are adopted into the family, into the Trinity. That means everybody here who has been baptized is adopted. 
Even when we feel like we're unworthy, we don't belong, God says, no, 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 you do. Again, why? Because not only does he love you, but he wants you so badly. But for you and I to know who we are in him, to go all out, God sent his son. He became one of us. And that fact that Jesus is God, that should like blow our minds. We just spend time with that. Like, what did it mean, Father, for the second person in Trinity to become one of us? What did that mean? To take on our flesh. And he will do anything he can do to redeem you, to restore you, to prove his love to you over and over and over. Our God is relentless in his love for us. Often we think, no, he doesn't care about me. If you were the only person on earth, he would have died for you on the cross. If you and I were the only person, he would have done it all for you because he wants to do anything he can prove his love to you. And nothing convicts the heart of anybody, whether it's a believer or a non-believer, than the passion of Jesus. Being in the garden, sweating blood, being betrayed by his friends, being sold off by Judas, and being bound up, imprisoned, mocked and ridiculed, scourged, whipped, literally having his flesh ripped off his body out of love for you because he wants to prove his love to you because he wants you so badly. Then he had a crown of thorns placed on his head to be made fun of. But he said, I'll do anything. I'll, take, I'll be embarrassed for you to prove to you how much I love you, how badly I want you. And if that's not enough, I will carry the cross for you. Mind you, he barely had any skin on his body. So when he's carrying this cross that weighs between two and 300 pounds, it's wood to open wounds, right? And he fell often, and there was nothing to catch his fall as his hands were tied to it. So it means every time he fell, the cross came and smashed his head. Because he wants you so badly. And then when he was nailed to the cross, he didn't complain. As nails were driven through his palms and his feet. All that came out of his heart, his voice, was mercy. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Because again, he wants to show you how badly he wants you. To restore you. For those of you who are incredibly broken, you're lost. Turn to the cross. St. Paul continues. He says, in Jesus we have redemption, restoration by his blood. The forgiveness of our transgressions, those things that you and I do when we don't trust Jesus, our sins, in accord with the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. So God wants to pour his grace, his help, that you can't earn. It's his free gift to you. He poured lavishly on you. It means he wants it to be overflowing and flowing out of you so that you can trust him, so you can believe. For anybody who's a child of God, the best place we find our identity is in our arms of our Father. Our Heavenly Father. In St. Paul, he continues on. He said, it is in Jesus we also were chosen. That means from the foundation of the world, God 
thought of you. And you were, again, always, when he was carrying the cross, he was thinking of you personally, intimately. You are Jesus' why. You are the Father's why. So it says that we were destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplished all things according to the intention of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory, who hoped for first in Christ. So that means you and I are literally created to give glory and honor and praise to God. Thank and praise him. And when we don't, we're not happy. We're not peaceful. We're not who we're created to be. We're not living in accord with God's plan for us. St. Paul continues on and says, In Jesus you also have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the good news that will save you, keep you safe from all harm. And it says, We were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the first installment of our inheritance towards redemption as God's possession to the praise of his glory. So that means the first thing God wants to give you is his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the love that exists between Jesus and the Father. That's what he wants to give you first. And he wants to seal you with the Holy Spirit. Why would he want to seal you with the Holy Spirit? So you and I, first of all, may be protected from those lies. Again, that we're not good enough. God isn't good. I can't trust him. He doesn't want me to be happy. But also so that you can know in your soul and believe and choose to own, to claim your own adoption as a beloved son or a beloved daughter every second of every day. To know that the father will take care of you just as he took care of his son because his son didn't, it didn't end on the cross. He rose from the dead so you and I don't have to fear death anymore. That is amazing good news. That is transforming good news that Jesus Christ went to war with sin and death, heaven and hell, or sorry, hell, not heaven, of course, to win you back from the arms of the evil one, from the arms of the human trafficker. So you may not listen to those lies that you're not good enough, that you're ugly, that you're stupid. You may listen to what the word of God says. The word of God says that you are beautiful. You are precious in the eyes of the Father. Scripture says that God the Father delights in you that means when the Father sees you in Jesus, he gets excited to be with you. Scripture says that you are the apple of God's eye. You are the main focus of him. Last thing. After... My brother Nathan completed his penance. He came and kneeled next to me and Silas. Silas watched his dad pray. His dad had his hands folded, so Silas folded his hands. And right after that, Nathan, my brother Nathan would tell me, it's so amazing how impressionable my son is. Every time he sees me, he wants to do everything with me. He wants to do everything with his dad. After we prayed, Silas 
and my brother Nathan, we walked around the church so we could show Silas some of the images. The first one we saw was the image of divine mercy. There's some cards in the back if you've never seen that. We talked about God's infinite mercy, knowing that there's not one sin that God can't forgive. There's not one sin greater than his mercy. A lot of us believe that lie. If I really went to confession, if I really confessed my sins, there's no way God could forgive it. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Then we looked at the cross and just, just gazed upon his infinite love for us. And right around the corner when we walked on the church is a statue of the Pieta, which is the image of, maybe you've seen it, of, of Mother Mary holding Jesus after he was taken down from the cross. And he's talked about how it broke her heart of what our sin did to her son. Then we walked over to the holy water font. And there's a small bottle to fill up by yourself. And Silas filled up a bottle and I taught him how to bless himself by always remembering that he is a child of God who is baptized. And that's how we use holy water to bless ourselves in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. And say, every time you do this, you're reminding yourself what you told me and your, your dad. That God wants me so badly. Jesus wants me so badly. And I believe that Silas probably really didn't need to know that, but it's more like I needed to be reminded by this fact. My brother needed to be reminded, most likely you too, need to be reminded that God wants you so bad. So badly. And I think it's you and I, we just need to know this essential truth. But the thing is, our God is a God of love. Love respects your free will. If you want to live in, in slavery, if you want to live in bondage, if you want to live in doubt and anger and hatred and be consumed by the negative news of this world, you can do that. And if you are doing that, I just want to ask you a question. How's that going for you? But if you want Jesus to come in, if you want be filled and sealed with the Holy Spirit. You just have to ask him to set you free. It's like St. Paul who wanted to bless his community, set them free from all forms of darkness and, and to live in the light of God and to be sealed with the Holy Spirit, which, God, again, God's plan for all eternity is that you and I would know that. You have to ask for the Holy Spirit to come because the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to us. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to us. Again, there's no being forced here. But if you want to be filled, if you want to accept this good news and walk in this good news, I just want you to pray out loud the words, three words, come Holy Spirit with me three times. Can you please do so at this time? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to pray a prayer and you can just echo it in the silence of your heart. If you desire to walk in the light and be set free and to start that process. Heavenly Father, in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus, I am sorry for all of my sins. I reject, I renounce all forms of darkness and hidden darkness in my life. And I ask you, Father, 
through the passion of your Son, to be washed clean in his blood, which poured forth from the cross. And Holy Spirit, I ask for the grace every day to stand up, today and forever, to claim and reclaim my identity that was purchased for me by Jesus on the cross, so that I may know in the depths of my soul, in my heart, and in my mind, that I'm a child of God. Bless me, Father, with the Holy Spirit. Seal me once again to know that Jesus wants me so badly. And he wants everyone here too, and every single soul in the world. Help me not to rely upon myself, but to rely upon your grace, so at every second of every day, I may know, believe, and live the freedom of my adoption. Come Holy Spirit, breathe in me forever. Come Holy Spirit, move in me forever. Come Holy Spirit, live in me forever. And I make this prayer in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus, who is Lord and Savior forever and ever. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll take a moment of silence to acknowledge what are my thoughts, what are my feelings, and what are my desires as I heard all of that as I prepare to profess my faith, my creed, and to receive the body and blood of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist today. Amen.